Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to another episode of Bridging the Digital Divide with Brad McKenna, Lisa Capala, and dun dun dun, Joe Martinello. Most of you probably know Joe from his travels with Relay for Life, the American Cancer Society organization. But we have him here tonight to talk about technology. Uh, Joe works for IBM as the director for performance marketing for IBM Sterling. Woo! Who knew? Fancy, fancy. So I guess we'll start off, Joe, with asking you a little bit about how you've seen technology change in the 18-plus years you've been with IBM. Yeah, yeah I've been with IBM quite some time. We came, I came in through an acquisition. Um, so that's one big thing that's happened with technology over the past 18 years is companies looking for the latest and greatest technology, some of the larger companies, and saying, how can I build my footprint on that to expand what's offered to clients? Mm. Um, so that's how I actually got into IBM, is through an acquisition, and been afforded the opportunity to try different roles along the way. Um, primarily, so when you say an acquisition, you mean they headhunted you? Is that what you mean? Not me personally, but <laughs> the company I was working for. So okay. I worked for a company called Rational Software. Right. And it focused on development um, software for developers. Oh, wow. So I've always been in B2B marketing, uh, so business to business. I won't be touching that last mile of, you know, the software that's touching the actual consumer itself. But right. it's what are the developers building um, to help consumers okay. out? Mm-hmm. And so how much uh, QC do you do, quality control? Did you do any of that? Did you test any of the software? Or were you more like a liaison for the clients? You know, you know me so well. <laughs> it was so. just a guess, just a guess. Um, just given my... Uh, curiosity. And when I started with Rational Software, I wanted to actually try the software out myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I took a couple of courses in order to use it in my current, in, in my job function at that time. Right. Um, so I got to actually use the software, which was cool. cool. I um, built uh, an application to help monitor issues. Um, so as issues were coming in from the sales force, and we could just get a, 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 a log of all of the um, common issues, so then we could help resolve for those faster. Bugs, we used to call yeah. them, right? <laughs> okay. So, what year are we talking about now? Is this like the '90s or so, or Two th- early 2000s? 2000s. Yeah. Okay. And then your next leap was to. I stayed in Rational for so the Rational division was acquired. A company was acquired, uh, and stayed in that division for ten years and tried different facets of marketing out from helping out with the field marketing, so sellers. Um, then moving over to our user community and helping out with cultivating an environment where our end users could have conversations with one another, okay. whether it be face-to-face or online communities. Uh, so discussion forums, et cetera. Skyping? Not back then. Okay. <laughs> All right. Today, it's, yes. It's not so back common then. nowadays. It's yeah. what you think about with digital communication. But yeah, it hasn't been around too long. So do you remember the first time you had a Skype conversation or when that kind of came uh, into your universe? Wow. Um, now, are we talking Skyping or WebEx? There's so many nuances there. Since I don't know what WebEx <laughs> is, I'll defer to Brad. Brad, yeah. what is WebEx? So WebEx is, a, is like a, a virtual meeting platform where you can share people's screens or you can show okay. documents. And depending on the, uh, I guess, level that you have of the WebEx, you could like upload documents and stuff like that. And okay. video chat now, like any kind of like meeting platform has to have that because of FaceTime or, and Skype. Actually, Skype now has like a business end where it is basically like a WebEx stuff where you can show uh-huh. your screen and you can see your fi- picture of the person okay. who is showing their screen. Right. So, yeah. wow. so these technologies have evolved greatly oh, yeah. over the year. You start back with AOL as the instant messaging oh, yeah. platform. As sure, the first I remember that. One. 
And then from there, at the same time, other instance, um, instant messaging platforms were created. And then mm-hmm. it was who can one-up the instant yeah. messaging platform sure. with new capabilities. Mm-hmm. First it was audio, and now more frequently, and recently it's video, yeah, and yeah. it was screen sharing as well. Right. So there's been a convergence of different mm-hmm. companies, technologies into what we today look at as FaceTime. Yeah, and sure capabilities that you're getting through Skype, which is now owned by Microsoft. Yep, right. yep. So when I was growing up, IBM was kind of in the forefront. Yes, guys, this was the dark ages. But <laughs> IBM used to mean technology to most people my age in their 50s or so. IBM was the thing. How are they doing now? It is the thing, but still different than it was back then. So the thing that you experienced in IBM probably back then was the consumer side of the business. Right. So the IBM computers, the printers, um, and a, a lot of that was we still have the backbone of that as our mainframes and our servers. Uh, we've still retained that business. Mm-hmm. But what what most consumers remember from IBM was that, that, that personal touch to IBM. IBM right. has now fully focused on B2B. We have a couple of areas of the business that – um, our B2C, so we bought the, the weather That's company. business to business or business to consumer, yeah, I'm guessing. <laughs> That's okay. It's uh, all jargon. This is why I'm here for the novice. So do you recall any big changes during that time that you thought, wow, this is really something? Well, now, more recently, um, over the last five years, the types of companies we've been acquiring, okay. uh, I'm like, whoa, we bought the weather company. Like, wait, what? <laughs> wow. But that's different. What does that mean? Right. Um, right. But well, web- I mean, if you own IBM, it's IBM Sterling now, right? So it's well, two things? No, or? no, no. Um, I'm in the division of IBM called IBM Sterling, and we focus ah, okay. on supply chain solutions. Okay. Um, IBM has a plethora of solutions across the board, right. whether it be our cloud technology, our cognitive applications technology. So okay. think of AI, um, Artificial intelligence. intelligence. That, that one thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo, episode two, season one, vocab. So would you say IBM is the Amazon of the computer industry if they're in- acquiring all these little businesses quietly behind the scenes? So it's funny that you say it the way you're saying it. Okay. Because when I interviewed, and uh, no disrespect, no, when I interviewed my um, high school interns, or a few high school interns, I asked them, what does a brand mean to you? Right. So what does Amazon mean to you? To what does me, IBM yeah. mean to you? What does yeah. Google mean to you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I started to hear back those answers, it's interesting because what's the backbone of those businesses are not the perception of people. So the backbone of Amazon, you know, people will say, oh, it's it's got to only be their delivery of products to individuals. They have a no. huge cloud yeah. computing oh. business. They right. AWS, a, yeah. Yeah, AWS. Well, I mean, they started out as a bookstore. Right? Yes. Okay, and I remember that because I'm a little older than you, gents. <laughs> it's not and too long it's, ago. And it's, yeah, it did move kind of quickly, yeah. but now they're acquiring so many things. And so when, you're sa- when you were saying what you were saying about IBM, all these different divisions, yeah. I thought they're kind of quietly... Because you don't really not, think, we as consumers, I don't think about who owns the stuff. I only think about buying the stuff or does it meet my needs. So I'm not thinking, oh, Amazon just acquired 700 little baby businesses so they can sell me diapers. I'm not thinking that way. I'm just thinking the stuff is arriving. Right. So I'm wondering if IBM is doing all of this stuff and the average person like myself probably isn't thinking about that. Well, what you wouldn't know is who IBM is supporting or helping out, the different types of clients that we're helping out. So for instance, I told you I'm an IBM Sterling. Right. 
and we create supply chain solution or we have supply chain software. Okay. That supply chain software is being purchased by consumer-based companies. So mm, I don't want to call it any names because I don't have approval to <laughs> do that. On the, so, so when you say supply chain, you mean what? Um, think about how your um, goods are getting from one. Okay. The easiest example, um, oh. there are so many examples of getting your goods from one location to another location. Okay. So that's just the transport of those goods. But what about the building of those goods? Right. So from building of the goods all the way to delivery to end consumer. Okay. And then think about the disruptions that happen along the way, right. whether it be weather, whether it be um, uh, a lack of inventory for some reason. So we're creating smarter-based supply chain solutions. And with the new uh, regulations about trade, some of yeah, he's shaking his head, friends. Some of the parts might not arrive that you need to finish the job. So how does IBM software help the business run better? So we have artificial intelligence built into some of our applications, not all of them, but some of our applications. And in those instances, they're running, um, they're running historical information and looking for the patterns. They're so metrics and data. Metrics and data and patterns. And oh what my! The, right, <laughs> I couldn't exactly. help myself. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me actually ask you something. Are you guys looking at blockchain at all for the supply chain? Yeah, it's part of. So it serves a certain piece mm-hmm. of the supply chain itself. So we have a blockchain um, suite within IBM as well. What is a blockchain? Remember Bitcoin? Yes. The blockchain is based on. Uh, it's oh, a decentralized oh, oh, oh. ledger. So you can track things like instantaneously. Wow. So the supply chains will be huge. Is that a good news, bad news kind of thing? (laughs) It's great. It's great for transacting for businesses. It will help uh, along the way for businesses to do transactions easier. Okay. So that gives us a little bit of your history with IBM and how IBM itself works. We really wanted to talk to you about a lot of your travels. You've been a lot of places and have seen different ways technology is utilized, and we like to share that with our listeners as much as we can. So tell us about some of the travels you've done for IBM or even in your regular life and what what you've seen for technology. Yeah, so I started travels off in the rational division, and I was over in Europe quite a bit, um, and then over to, at the end of my stint in rational was, um, I went to Bangalore, India. Wow. That one is the most interesting one for Must me. Be. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the pole with 5,000 plugs. That's, that's got to be like that. Well, you think about that. You think about how easy it is for us to get fiber optics into mm. our home. Right. We don't think about it. No, you don't think about thing. it. I don't exactly. think about yeah. it. Yeah. Never. And I think about my... Except when it's broken. Right. When it's broken and it's not working. <laughs> yes. Correct. And then nobody knows what to do, even right. though there are options without fiber optics to actually still get the internet. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are laughing at me over here. Okay. So but, when you went to India, what did you learn about their technology and how they do it? Were you able to even get a cell phone signal? Oh, cell phone signal, yes, okay. because that's the backbone of their internet. Interesting. Uh-huh. So the backbone of the internet, therefore, the entire country isn't wired. Okay. It's huh. actually wireless, which was something. Really? Yeah. yeah just well, that's even, advanced. Yes and no, because it's 3G. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, well, <laughs> even I know what that means. Okay, so very slow. slow. What about, we did a show about some of the restrictions that different countries have about, yep, Get, getting the face <laughs> about what can get in and out. So you want to send a birthday wish to your aunt Tilly? Is are they going to let that through? You know, it's, I don't know. What did you find? There were problems. Uh, your lovely wife Kim back home. You're trying to get a hold of her, and did you have an issue trying to get things through? I never had an issue getting things through. It's what could I use and not use. So okay. if you used Facebook as your number one 
platform to communicate with people. Good luck when you're in certain countries. Really? Because there are restrictions. And mm. as soon as you get into the country, it's like, oh, this app doesn't work anymore. Do you get an error or is it just load it just forever? Load. It yeah. yeah. It just so you. So I would end up thinking, what's wrong with this phone? Yeah. I yeah. would never think the government is watching <laughs> me. You know, It's just an IP address. It's not even per right. se watching you as an individual. It's just sure. restrict anyone sure, from being Joe. able to. <laughs> sure, okay. That's what they want you to think. That's is that right. where you're going, Lisa? Yes, that's why I'm on this side of the desk. Okay. <laughs> okay, so India, you found out there was some, there was a slowness problem, even though they were wireless. It's very slow, and then there were some restrictions. Where else have you been where you've seen some wacky technology stuff? So, well, Europe was at the forefront for me, um, it, going back, I'd say even ten years of the mobile device. Okay. So, all, although we have the advances of having the technology or more of the availability of it. In the U.S., it was more transacting happening on mobile devices in Europe than really? actually happening, at least from personal experience, than than happening in. Um, so you mean the pay US. by phone and things like that? Pay or, you by know, phone, using your phone, just using just... your phone to run. Like we, most people in the U.S. about 10, 15 years ago, is let me go get my laptop. Mm-hmm. Right. And in Europe, it's like let me get my my phone, and wow. they communicate that way a lot more. Hmm. That was a, They're very a, trusting, those Brits. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but you've been to China, too, right? I've been to China. So I'm waiting to hear, dum, dum, are dum. they doing good over there? Yeah. I should say, are they doing well over there, so, technology-wise? I mean, I always think they, you know, they make the stuff. So you would think they maybe have a little bit of an edge. Yeah, in China, I I didn't know what WeChat was until I got there. WeChat. How are we spelling that? W E C H A T. Okay. So WeChat. Not like W I I the game. No. Not we like game. The game. I'll, oh. I'll tell you guys what that is after the show's That's Japan, over. Okay. Right? Nintendo's Japan. Oh, so. big difference. Yeah. Oh, sorry, China. Sorry. Okay, so WeChat. That's like their Facebook. It's like their Facebook, and the first time I was there, I had arrived in China, and I wanted to see a little bit of the country itself. So I was, it was the recommendation was hire a driver for the day. Okay. So I hired a driver, and the next thing he's he's like, oh, download WeChat. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I download because I'm listening. Sure. So he's taking me around for the day, and he now stores me in WeChat. I get an uh, annual. Uh, New Year uh, celebration nice. uh, note from him. <laughs> That's it's nice. the driver I had for one day. And then he started explaining to me about, the, oh, I use this to transact money. And this oh, was no. going back six years ago. Wow. Or, yeah, I think that trip was, oh, that trip was about four or five years ago. So going back five years ago, and I think about what was happening in the U.S. five years, years ago with transacting money, the only place you would transact money is through a, a bank. Today right. you've got companies like Venmo, et cetera, mm. starting to do that. WeChat has it all, though. It's your social media platform plus transacting mm. money with family members, etc. You don't like that. I don't that. know, my <laughs> friends. <laughs> I like the idea of it because I like one-stop shopping and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I like the ease of use. But if that breaks, your whole world is in there. Then what? Yeah, it's not going to break, though, not with the <laughs> amount of money that they put behind True. it and the government support Ah, it. that's the second piece. Yeah. yeah. Government. So the government that has That makes a... me nervous. <laughs> it does. Because your whole universe is right there in your little Joe profile. Yes. And now they know about you over here. Yeah, but everybody, too. you're talking to a marketing guy, and I don't want to really scare you. I know you're you going to frighten everybody me to death. It's, it's too late, Lisa. The <laughs> cat is There's out. no such thing as privacy. The cat is out of the bag. Well, there's tons of privacy, but profiling no. is so easy yes. to do today. So you're not scared at all? It's the world we live in. I just, I don't know. 
Do you go on the dark web sometimes? It's funny. We have access to it at IBM. <gasps> so we have our, a big security division in IBM. And I would hope so. That's good to know. Yeah, yes. we, we have built up that business quite a bit. And in our office in Cambridge, they have a security lab where they can access the dark web. Um, in order to test things. Make sure you tell me when I come for the tour. I don't want to go to that part of the building. <laughs> I've never been in the... Uh, You're not allowed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed in there. I don't I don't have the special key card. You also went to Hawaii, too. Did you see any differences in technology there? Because it's an island. Yeah. Still America, but, you know, might be different. So it, just aha moments. Yes. Of, you know, you're traveling and you're going, oh, Wow, I never thought of that. So we went to the top of Haleakala in Maui, which is their uh, dormant volcano. And at the entrance of the national park, you were going up to see sunrise. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, jeez. Right. Right. (laughs) I think it's worth it, though, huh? It was. It was worth it. Uh, But we're going up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and there's a girl um, at the gate by herself. And she's, you know, collecting money on the way up. And I go to pull cash out. And she's like, oh, no, we don't accept cash here. Oh, I was like, mm. weird. I'm used to people telling me we don't no accept cards, credit cards. Yeah. Right, right, Not, right. You can't use your cash. phone for that, sir. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it was, oh, no, for safety reasons. Makes and sense. Oh. She's up there alone. Somebody would rob mm. her and leave her at the top of the mountain. Oh, it, it just could happen. You know, this is true. And on a but boat, you could just get on your WeChat and call <laughs> somebody immediately. I wonder, was the service good at the top of the mountain? Did you check even? You did? I may have Facebook <gasps> lied. <laughs> so it worked. It, depending on the side of the volcano you were on, yeah. So since there's no privacy and Zuckerberg is probably listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> now he'll know that Facebook works even on top of a volcanic mountain. 10, that's a pre- feet That's up. actually a pretty good commercial. Do that for, <laughs> do that for a commercial. We, we can find you anywhere. You're at the top of the volcano and you're all set. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what do you see since you're in the trenches? Is the next big development that's going to come up, you know, what do you see? How do you see the tide turning technology-wise? Well, artificial intelligence is the big thing today. Um, and it's not a buzz. It's a reality uh, for, for, for people who aren't close to what artificial intelligence does to help technology. It just seems like a buzzword. So are you talking about all aspects, like the medical aspect where, you know, they have bots that can perform surgeries? Are you talking about a money aspect? Are you talking about manufacturing? Where are you It's saying... across the board. If you think about what artificial intelligence will help us do as a society, it's not about taking over jobs. It's augmenting and helping in areas we can't That's actually... what they tell us now, <laughs> Joe. I do love technology, but that's what they tell us. But what about the guy who did that job until two weeks before? So, and that's a fair, that's a fair question because we've, we've gotten that at, and I've heard our, our leaders at IBM speak to that as well. It's now retraining workforces for the new jobs that are needed right. um, in order to accelerate at the rate that people want technology right. to help their lives. But it's we're so greedy with technology. Don't you think once we get the new thing, we want the next new yeah. thing? Except me. I like the old thing. I'd still have a <laughs> flip phone alone, if Lisa. I could. <laughs> you know. Um, but don't you think our greed is kind of dangerous? I mean, we see it. We get it. Now we're do- bored with it like a kid with a toy, and we move on to the next thing. I guess it depends on what the technology is doing. Is it helping to feed starving children in another country? Does technology do that? Yeah. How so? So if you think about um, some of the changes that have happened with even being able to filter water um, in third world countries that they normally wouldn't have been able to filter, those people now have clean water to drink. 
That's an excellent point, and so, I am very happy about that. Yeah, and it's not it's not all about the greed. It, it's it's extending what we can actually do as a society. Okay. Uh, there are areas you'd never be able to help um, without the support of technology. I think Said you the see man from IBM, Sterling <laughs> Vision. No, you know I'm just. I sassy. think you see a lot of the greed because of where we live, and I think that, mm. that you see more of the advertisements for the just the next new shiny thing, right? In this country, right. anyway. So you don't really see. There's no. There's no good news stories. You're not going to make mean, money off of you by telling you. An eight hundred dollar phone drink. compared yeah. to clean water. Yeah. Big difference, you know. And I guess we do maybe take our technology advancements here for granted a little bit maybe and you think about you talk about privacy and security and all that stuff so there's a huge industry around that and the security division of our company uh, focuses on that but does a company really want to talk about their security problems well this is what i find bizarre about some of the things that are going on in the world that are being said out loud and tweeted and other (laughs) stuff not politically just in general you're telling everybody all our secrets although you guys are telling me they already know all the secrets so there really is no secret the people that really need to know already know the little guys they find out in the end but no i do worry about the security piece but then again anytime i go on a site anything they ever ask i say yes and i don't read it so i must not be that worried if i'm doing that you know, but you think AI is really going to be? Well, I think AI helps. It helps really. It's it's doing things that we couldn't normally do. So, um, if we're going to see big leaps in advancement, it's going to be at the. It's going to be a core thing that's helping do that for society today. Okay. So, from a marketing standpoint, since you're the marketing guru guy, do you think that people's perception of IBM has changed? Oh, well, yes and no. (laughs) So tell us about that. So I could go back 10 years ago and uh, visiting my family, or actually, yeah, about 10 years ago visiting my family in Italy, and the the first thing was, oh, you work for IBM? Oh, can you fix my computer? Yes, (laughs) yes, because it's business machines, my friends. Right, and I'm looking at their computer going, okay, it's an Italian, no less. (laughs) Yes, I mean, when I think of IBM, I think of a clean room. With yep. huge computers and, you know, uh, and the cooling system. It's not that way anymore. But I oh. always think of that, especially from movies, too, from, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey oh, and all that yeah. stuff. But it's very different now than yeah, it was. Yeah, it still includes that. So I'm not going to shy away from that. That is a core business for the yep. company, the, the massive computers and the computing technology that we have. Uh, but where we are today is a lot of software and services as well. Yep. So. So somebody and, from the top is looking around to see how the business can continue to thrive. You yeah, haven't stayed just making your widgets. You're doing other stuff now, which is good. Diversification you, is good. You think about, I mentioned the, the purchase of the weather company. And when I think about that purchase and I, I think about the information that they have related to weather and how now you can map that to right. you know, what might happen in the future. Well, that's good. Yeah. For tornado warnings and things like that. Yeah. Or having umbrellas and maybe, I don't know, have you ever been in a situation where there's a snowstorm and there are no shovels left? Yes, I have. Snow rocks off. Right, or rocks off. But if you live around here, you can get all that weather in the same day. It can right. be snowing, <laughs> raining, sleeting, sunny, thunder, you know. But when you but take that good tons though. of information that's been saved over the last, say, 100 years or 50 years, and you're now actually making predictions of how frequently that will happen, right. how much supply will you need in a location, you can help prevent those, lo- the, those moments of, oh, we've run out of everything. True, oh, true. Well, big data, huh? Yes. Yeah. Love, oh, love me some big data. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do our food for thought. Hang on. And now it's time for your technology tidbit, food for thought. So uh, Joe's been talking about how 
across the board IBM is. And so I found an article, which I'll post on my companion page, that's, uh, that let me know that in the 1970s, IBM was responsible for the magnetic strip on the back of uh, credit cards. Before then, retailers used to have to call the credit card company and authorize every transaction manually. I remember that. I remember yeah. waiting in the line for them to check and make sure, you know, dialing it up and calling in. Yeah. Did you know your IBM did that? So I didn't know that specific <laughs> one, but there's so many yes. different unique things that IBM has done over the years and some things I can't talk about because of the clients that, well, if clients haven't disclosed sure. it, you can't sure. talk about it. But yes. we used to create chips. So if you think of oh, yeah. Intel, yeah. we had a microchip that was in a large main computer company today. Um, that we used to actually provide that for them. Nice. Just all these little things. Yeah, yeah. You have to, right? Because things are changing, technology, life in general, so you got to diversify. No. <laughs> yeah, the company has to transform Absolutely. with the times. Yeah. <sighs> no, I get it. I get it. I just don't. <laughs> I, once I get used to something, and we've said this a million times on the show, I have, that seems like when they change it. The minute I get used to using something, there's a new way to do it. And I get that, but it is frustrating, and that's why we created yeah. this podcast yeah, to help sure. people like me to get along <laughs> in this old world. Anything else, Joe, you'd like to tell us about IBM technology or you know, your experiences with technology in general? You have two kids, too, who are coming up through technology, and um, I'm sure the rapid pace at which they're learning and growing is, is amazing to see, too. Yeah. Why isn't there Wi-Fi? I got on vacation in a couple of moments. <laughs> yeah. I need to talk to Siri. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, the difference, sure, the difference between having that and not having that. Yeah. Did you get to, was it Joe who asked? Little Joe? So, little Joey, yeah. Yeah, asked. So he's like, uh, but I need to talk to Siri. i got to ask a question. I've got to look something up for me. And then on the flip side... I had my father-in-law who was traveling with us as well, his phone. I go, just just use Siri and ask Siri for directions. And I'm like, why, why isn't Siri working? And I go to his settings, and Siri's not turned on. I'm like, <laughs> how? What? Why do you How do you even get out of bed without that? Oh, my goodness. So it's, it's, it's so funny to see at the point that everybody is at with technology. Even right. one of my good friends um, on my vacation in Hawaii who I went to school with at, at Bentley, and he is completely off the grid. Wow. Completely How off the grid. How did you find him without Facebook and WeChat? His, and His girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So there's a lifeline there somewhere. There's a somewhere. lifeline with technology. And even his, in, his parents, she's like, oh, if you want to get in touch with them today, text them. I'm like, wait, what? Wow. I'm not reading email anymore. And, and he actually is thriving without that? Thriving and do, yeah. doing amazing I without do think, technology. I think technology it can be done. I also think it can cause a lot more stress than we realize. You know, I was just kind of monitoring myself a couple of days ago. The first thing I do when I get up now is look at the phone to see what has changed. Nothing usually between the time I'm sleeping. But I never would have done that before. Now it's I go right to Facebook and right to my voicemail. And I'm like, is that really good for my brain to start mm -hmm. that stressful rolling process from the second I get up? There's, they're starting to do things about that. The newer versions of the iOS, the iPhone, has that usage monitor that comes up a week, once a week, because of responses like that. <laughs> you can ignore it. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to be clicking that right. right off. I'll be calling you up. Hey, Brad, how do I shut that off? Swipe it off. That's yeah. right. Swipe it yeah. off. Swipe it off. Anything else, Joe, you'd like to share with our listeners today about your experiences in technology? No, I, I just think it's it's important to um, continue to watch technology, how it can help your life, not right. just look at it as a mm -hmm. negative and, and, and embrace it. Uh, and realize that what we have here in the U.S. is completely different than right. the technology that exists across the world. And 
um, it is being used for good. It's right. not just. And I do believe that. I just worry about some of the larger ramifications and um, and also leveling the playing field so that and even in our own country, we have school systems that don't have good computers, you know, areas where we could improve that way. So those are the things that I think about. But you got to remember the governments are there to help with that. So it's like when we acquire companies, I see that firsthand. Uh, we've divested two pieces of, of our business because we weren't going to focus on it as much and sold two pieces of our business off to different companies. And in those divestitures, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of regulation that goes through because of how massive these companies are. Uh, when you're selling a 2,000-person company that's in 70 hmm. countries, wow. there's 70 countries, governments that are actually going through and signing off on wow. that. So, it, you know, so I'm glad you're telling me that there's some responsibility mm-hmm. going on within your company. As far as you can see, it feels like they're taking on responsibility and, and doing it in a way that's maybe more conscious yeah. than just signing off on yeah, it. Yeah, it, you got to look at the businesses you want to invest in and who are being impacted by those businesses. I think about the divestitures I've seen happen at IBM over the years, so uh, PC division to Lenovo. So IBM wasn't going to invest in that as much. So they still wanted to. That's, that's, why, they, that's why they have ThinkPads now and <laughs> Lenovo, <laughs> not IBM. <laughs> you two go. guys are going to go out for coffee after this. I just shocked like, you. Like, yes. Did like, you know Lexmark I, was IBM printers? I did know that one. Okay. Yeah, oh but I didn't goodness. know Lenovo. And it should have because it was literally printed on the laptop's ThinkPad, which used to be IBM. Yeah. It was my first laptop. Oh. was an IBM ThinkPad. It's a but little they, love yeah. fest going on over here. <laughs> that's nice. But when, when, when you're not going to do what's right or not say what do what's right, if you're not going to invest as much as your customers need you to invest, divesting might be the right yeah. thing. Right. Or acquiring might be the right thing Interesting. Well, so. All right. Well, thank you, Joe, for taking time out of your busy universe to come and be <laughs> with us. We appreciate it. And also thank you for all the work you do with Relay for Life in the town, too. Awesome. Well, Brad, shall we tell the folks about the companion page? Sure. So we have a list of all of the previous episodes as well as the this episode. I'll put some information up there. It's at the uh, wilmlibrary.org slash BDD. Okay. And if you have any show... Uh, ideas or comments or something you think we should do or maybe not do, let us know and we'll be happy to attempt to get that on the air for you. So this is Lisa Capala, Brad McKenna, and Joe Martinello saying goodnight to you from Bridging the Digital Divide and we'll be with you again soon.